Hello and welcome once again to the Cognitive Bias Podcast. I'm your host, David Dylan Thomas, and today we have a, a very special guest, uh, Luca Pisani. I met at uh, the Artifact Conference um, a few weeks ago, and we got chatting about uh, populism in Italy and cognitive bias and how these two things intersect, and I thought it'd be great to have him on the show because Italian politics is not something I know that much about, but uh, I thought it'd be interesting to kind of you know, delve into that. So, uh, Luca, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be interested in this topic. Hey, Dave, uh, thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm really happy to be here. So, uh, coming to your question, I'm an Italian expat. I moved to the U.S. with my family uh, in 2011, and I moved to start a company with uh, two U.S. guys. I'm the CTO of a company called Sensha Mobile in Reston, Virginia, which is really DC metro area. Um, in uh, addition to, to being the CTO of uh, an IT company, I'm also a hobbyist journalist for La Voce di New York, Voice of New York, which is an online newspaper for uh, Italian expats in the US. And it's really popular among Italian expats, uh, even, even though it enjoys good readership also in Italy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, yeah, about thinking fast and slow. Uh, so I came across thinking fast and slow. Uh, almost by chance, but you know, once uh, I read it, it was like, wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can, uh, I can apply. I mean, wh- why aren't they teaching this stuff in school? Because right. uh, this would be, <laughs> this would be so important. Uh, and uh, you know, since I read that book, uh, I applied my understanding of uh, uh, biases and how the human brain works uh, uh, to pretty much everything. You know, real, uh, you know, my my personal life, but also work. Also, understanding of history, understanding of politics, understanding of uh, economy. So it was really, it was really like a, a wow moment for me. And uh, of course, uh, I also applied that to, uh, to 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 understanding the political situation in Italy, in particular populism. Mm. Uh, I know that populism is maybe is a term that is maybe not not used so much uh, uh, in everyday political speech in Europe, in, in, in the U.S., but it is in Europe, so. Um. Yeah, we have a fair share of it here. I mean, when usually in the U.S., when we talk about populism, we talk about Trump, we talk about the far right and sort of, you know, these populist movements that go back to uh, the, the Tea Party. But it seems like there's been a rise really around the world in the past few years in different countries, and it seems like Italy is no stranger to that. Uh, correct. And, um, uh, I mean, obviously there is uh, a lot of... Uh, bias-based populism on the right, um, and, but there is also bias-based populism on the left. Mm. Now, I typically do not comment uh, on uh, U.S. Uh, politics uh, with Americans because I'm not American, it would, it would seem unfair to me, but mm-hmm. I do comment about Italian politics, so uh, I'll be more than happy to, uh, to discuss about that. So, uh, do you want to know... Let, let me actually... Uh, sh- shall we talk about... Uh, Populism and biases in Italy. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, in fact, if you give us a little, yeah, a little background on Italian politics, a little context for you know how that came to be and, and, and what's going on there now. Okay, so uh, I think that in Italy, I mean, pretty much in every European country, but uh, particularly in Italy, there is uh, uh, there has historically always been a big uh, uh, polarization between the right wing and left wing, and. Um, uh, you know, it, I think it would, it would be fair to say that uh, all political parties uh, that uh, have ever existed have used uh, their own share of uh, biases for their propaganda in mm-hmm. order to, to win elections and uh, uh, eventually form a government. 
Yeah. So the question might be, what, what, what is different now? Why are populist difference? And uh, my, my take is that uh, the big difference is that uh, uh, because of the internet, because of social networks, uh, and uh, the, those biases that have always existed because they are a human thing, mm -hmm. uh, they have been uh, blown out of proportion. So mm -hmm. uh, even uh, political parties that didn't have uh, a concrete, actionable uh, uh, political proposal, they were able to win elections, uh, hands down almost, and, uh, and form governments. The problem is that once they got to the position of power, they didn't have uh, the, the people you know, that uh, knew how to run a country. Mm. So if, uh, if I go back to the Italian history and I think of the Italian Communist Party or the Democratic Christian Party, you know, they were, uh, th 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 those uh, parties, uh, uh, yeah, they use uh, uh, biases to, 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 to bring votes uh, to, to, to their side. But, you know, once they arrived to the point where they had to form a government, they had the experts to, to get things done. Mm. Uh, this is not the case with... Uh, the, the, the populist movements we're seeing now. Um, to be a little bit more specific about uh, the populist movements in Italy, uh, because of the polarization uh, between the left and right, uh, there are really uh, two big uh, populist movements, one that appeals to the right and one that appeals to the left. Uh, when it comes to the right, uh, we have the Lega Nord, or Northern League, uh, which uh, uh, solves, you know, so, so the, the, the background, uh, we mentioned the biases, we mentioned the, the web. Um, another big changing force uh, of our times is really globalization. Mm. And with globalization, uh, you are, uh, uh, in a way, you know, getting rid of the middle class, or at least uh, <laughs> diminishing the, 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 the ranks of the middle class. Uh, with uh, the salaries going down in general, but mm -hmm. you have an elite of experts that make more money and uh, uh, can uh, you know they, they 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 can live the good life because you know they can they can afford more than uh, uh, the rest of the population. So this generates uh, what uh, I think we could call a cognitive dissonance when people that uh, all their lives have uh, uh, you know have uh, subscribed to. Uh, certain beliefs, all of a sudden they realize that those beliefs don't quite uh, cut it for them anymore. Mm. Uh, on, uh, on the right side, uh, this uh, cognitive dissonance uh, has been uh, solved by the Northern League with things like, uh, oh, we need lower taxes and uh, the European Union is our enemy. You know, they're not, uh, they're not doing things that are good for the country. And, uh, of course, uh, they also nurtured uh, a lot of hate and racism uh, against immigrants, mm. uh, which personally I find uh, really scary at times. Yeah. Uh, on the left side, you, you have the so-called Movimento Cinque Stelle, or uh, Five Star Movement, which uh, interestingly was uh, started by a comedian. <laughs> and um, uh, they, uh, th th their uh, idea was to be bipartisan, really, even though I think that one could easily argue that uh, they tend to lean to the left. And um, they tried to, you know, they, they conquered the support from, uh, uh, from voters with uh, ideas such as uh, universal basic income, uh, more, uh, more welfare, and uh, fewer taxes. Now, of course, you, you know, if uh, at the moment I say I want more more welfare, more safety net, 
and uh, I also want fewer taxes. You'll go like, yeah, okay, right. That's <laughs> a, a, a dream book. How are you going to get that? But they don't care because uh, they just say, what, what they say essentially is, oh, our politicians, you know, the, the Italian politicians are so corrupted. They're so corrupted. They've been stealing so much money that we just need to take that money back from them. Mm-hmm. And then we will have the money for all those things, universal basic income. And, and uh, you know, this, this, may, this may seem funny, even, uh, even silly, but, you know, th- this is the platform on which the left wing, in quotes, uh, five star movements uh, got uh, like 32 percent of the votes mm. at uh, the last uh, political election. So it's uh, the, it's really big. So what happened last year, there were the, the, in March 2018, uh, political elections happened in Italy, and uh, nobody had a clue how anyone could form a government because you had these two huge uh, uh, populist parties, one at the, on the left and one on the right, uh, uh, that, uh, that you know, nobody wanted to form a government with. But all the other parties, they didn't have enough votes to form a government either. So what happened is that uh, the, the, the left-wing party and the right-wing party, they joined forces, they uh, created what they call a contract that had all the different components uh, of the populist platforms together, and uh, they tried to run a company, uh, to, to, to run uh, a, a government based on that. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was catastrophic, uh, but at the same time funny. <laughs> there, there is an Italian saying, uh, which, which goes like, uh, uh, the situation is dramatic, but not serious. I think it's, uh, it totally represents uh, the situation we had, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, up until August this year when, uh, when finally that government fell down, you know, where it, w- it was funny in, in many ways, even though for the country it was not good at all because, uh, you know, the, the, the country was... Uh, uh, you know, investors uh, who didn't have, didn't trust that uh, Italy could, uh, you know, r- run uh, uh, run a government, you know, with uh, with those clowns uh, in power. Right. Um, so now the situation has a little bit changed. The government went down, and this time they formed a new government with uh, uh, the left wing populists, uh, uh, which hopefully are a little bit, uh, you know, the, which which hopefully have come to terms with reality a little bit. And the Italian Democratic Party, which mm. is roughly, you know, you could make a comparison between the Italian Democratic Party and the U.S. Democratic Party, but you know, it's a, ve- a very rough. Uh, it, it would be unfair to put them at the same level. There are so many con- so many things that are different, mm-hmm. uh, you know, really cultural different at the basis of how Europeans and uh, uh, Americans look at uh, what the role of the government is and. Uh, Entitlement, you know, it's, I don't even want to go there. It right. bring us <laughs> on a totally different tangent. Yeah. Um, so I'd be interested, you've mentioned some of the biases that helped get these parties into power. Can you talk a little more about that? Like, which biases have you seen kind of emerge from these different populist movements? Absolutely. I, I'll say that uh, the biggest bias is uh, uh, the Dunning-Kruger uh, uh, complex, hmm. uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect. So it's... Um, you know, if I recollect, you know, if I if I think of when I was a kid or a teenager, uh, and uh, I have um, I have this perception that uh, people that were not so smart and uh, they were not so educated, they were aware that they were not so smart and so educated. So if they came up with a stupid idea, 
they just had to walk to the to the bar uh, and uh, people would tell them look man you're stupid why don't you shut <laughs> up <laughs> Uh, now with um, with uh, the, the the internet, those people will go online and they will find the other like-minded people elsewhere, and they will corroborate one another uh, ideas. Mm-hmm. And uh, so through through confirmation bias, you have this uh, uh, inflated Dunning-Kruger effect. So people mm. that have no clue, they come up with these uh, uh, non-solutions that still appear so smart to them. And uh, those stupid, stupid uh, non-solutions get blasted into a political platform, mm. and that political platform get, get, gets the votes. So it's uh, I'll say that uh, Dunning Kruger and uh, uh, the confirmation bias are the big ones. But you know, once those uh, uh, movements uh, have a little bit of resources, then uh, they have the resources to, uh, you know, have teams that work with propaganda through through the social. Through, through social networks. So when you see those memes, uh, you can see framing, you can see availability heuristics, mm. you can see how they leverage uh, uh, fear, uh, you know, to, 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 for example, to nurture hate versus immigrants. You know, when you are a 60 million people country and you get immigrants from, uh, from, the, from the whole world, if uh, you take uh, uh, crimes that get committed uh, here and there, you know, th- those are perfect to show that all immigrants are bad, right? Mm. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm sure I don't even need to explain this. You know, if uh, uh, the, the human brain is such that uh, uh, one single uh, fact, you know, if presented in a certain way, has a much bigger impact uh, uh, than uh, it should have uh, if we look at the numbers and we see that, you know, a single fact is not representative of a general phenomenon. Yeah, we call it a neglect of probability. Um, it's one of my favorite episodes, actually. But there is this, you know, think about shark attacks, right? People imagine shark attacks are super common. Uh, they're not, but they're reported on in this sort of sensational way where you look at that one story and you think, oh, well, this must represent all sharks, right? Right. <laughs> when, in yes. fact, sharks that- <laughs> are in way more danger from us than we are from them. Yeah, right. And, uh, yeah, no, I think I've seen that, you know, like... Uh, uh, on average, six people uh, are killed by sharks per year in the whole world. But you know, if you look at uh, uh, you know uh, other things that we don't consider dangerous, maybe they kill hundreds of people or thousands of people every year in the world, right? And yeah. uh, but we don't consider those threats to our well-being. But you know, the small things just because we see it in the media. And anyway, all those biases were uh, ruthlessly exploited by. Mm. By, by the teams of the of the of the two um, populist movements to really uh, you know bring uh, you know to, to, to really get consensus on on the platforms and it worked oh boy if it worked mm. I mean it's uh, you know the in the last political election the the Democratic Party was like 18 percent of the votes while the left-wing populist movement was 32 uh, percent of the votes mm. sure. so you know it's uh, in a way you know the the problem is that People who have a clue, they're there discussing, quarreling, coming up with a lot of good perspectives. But, you know, the, 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 the people, uh, you know, a lot of people don't, uh, don't, don't see that. But uh, they see the, 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 the meme, uh, the, what do you call it, the, the, the messages, the, the, the images with the, the, the fake statistics, uh, mm-hmm. the manipulated statistics that show up uh, in the Facebook feed, for example. Yeah. So... so- 
has there been any sort of like you know anti-populist movement, or have people sort of tried to resist this approach? Um, and and if so, are are they also kind of succumbing to their own biases in the process? Uh, yeah, so this is a great question because um, uh, you know I wrote uh, a big, a big, uh, very popular article uh, uh, among Italians on uh, on this subject, and uh, this uh, put me in contact with uh, uh, some of the important people that you know advise governments and or you know work for governments, and uh, they asked me this question. I said, "Look, uh, what what can we do?" and uh, uh, I, I really didn't have an answer. And I mean, the, the answer they give is uh, we need to educate people to recognize biases. You know, culture will, uh, will help them uh, not be so influenced by, by biases. And uh, I'm not saying this is bad. It's certainly a step in the right direction. But I doubt that it can be so effective for a few reasons. First, uh, I have friends uh, who are uh, uh, totally victim to these biases. Yet, you know, they are architects, uh, they have higher educations. So having a, having a higher education is not even, uh, uh, it doesn't even give you immunity from uh, biases. Yeah. You know, if you're not trained to recognize them, you just uh, fall uh, prey to them like, uh, uh, a lot like, uh, you know, people without an education. Uh, plus, uh, those biases, you know, the, the, the propaganda based on biases, a lot of times uh, flies under the radar. I mean, mm. you're there, you know, you read an article, uh, you scroll uh, your Twitter feed, your Facebook feed, uh, and it's not like that uh, on every bit of information. You can stop, look at it, activate your system two. I'm sure uh, you and your uh, listeners know what, what I mean by system two, right? Actually, no. I'll, I'll fill in just, just a bit there. So system... This comes from uh, thinking fast and slow, um, which right. I agree is just mind blowing. Um, <laughs> but mm -hmm. the fundamental idea there is that you have kind of a system one way of thinking that um, actually remind me, system one, the slow one or the fast one? So system one is the fast, fast one, one, which right. is not very smart. And yeah, system two yeah. is the slow one, which is a lot smarter. Right. So if you had to like, you know, read someone's expression and answer if you, you, they looked angry or not, your system one would kind of handle something like that because it requires quick thinking. Whereas if you had to answer a question like, what's 1,052 plus 737, uh, your system two would kick in because there's no way you can sort of eyeball that. Um, so, so sorry, just to rewind a bit. So you're talking about when system two kicks in? Yeah, so I was talking about the fact that, you know, even if you're smart, even if you have studied, mm -hmm. it's not always, sometimes you can be prey to, to, to propaganda easily because, you know, you are scrolling your uh, Facebook feed and uh, some fake statistics about crime or about immigration comes along mm -hmm. and uh, you just uh, see the number, you know, maybe say, okay, and, uh, you know, you, you take it for granted. You don't stop and say, hold on a sec, but... Where did they get this message? Where did, mm. where, 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 who produced this data? How did they collect the data? And if you had the time to do that, maybe you know a five or ten minutes uh, uh, research would discover that uh, you know would, would reveal that uh, it's really uh, bogus. You know that this is fake information, fake news uh, that have been has been produced to influence people to see things a certain way. But you know if you don't have that time. Uh, even people that are aware of uh, fake news are, are aware of how there are organizations uh, meant exactly to manipulate uh, public opinion. Uh, even if you're aware of this, you can still be the subject, you can still be the victim of, uh, of biases, and you can still be manipulated. Yeah. 
And um, I mean, and, and it kind of goes both ways. Uh, Dana Boyd gave a great talk where she talked about how media literacy isn't necessarily the solution because even the folks who kind of buy into propaganda or sort of, you know, crazy theories, you know, the whole Pizzagate thing came from people who were extremely media literate um, and who knew how to like dissect an argument and how to question authority and how to question sources but they would kind of do it in the wrong direction, right? So they would take something mm. that was legit and then, you know, distrust it and take something that wasn't legit and go, you know, do the math and yet still arrive at a false conclusion because of a fundamental difference in how we, you know, decide what is true. So right. even the legit articles, right, people are suspicious of, and this is just a good old-fashioned confirmation bias, right? You can't tell the difference between a legitimate article and a non-legitimate article because in our minds, legit, a legitimate article is one that agrees with what we already believe, and a non-legitimate article is one that doesn't. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I agree. Actually, you know, uh, as you were saying things, uh, um, uh, I also had, uh, I was also thinking of uh, uh, another article I wrote on uh, uh, on global warming mm. and uh, global climate and how we're going to handle it, and uh, and th this is actually you know the, uh, okay this thing I'm going to say might uh, uh, blow up you know might, might extend the, the the scope of our discussion so much that I'm not even sure it's uh, it's it makes sense to go there but oh, you know let me try it. you know we, yeah yeah we uh, so uh, we, we're going towards uh, we're going in a direction where uh, if uh, what scientists tell us about the way we're exploiting our planet, we'll, we'll absolutely need uh, to jam on the brakes, uh, pull the handbrake, uh, and you know st stop this hurtling car that is going to to be to crash against the wall mm -hmm. because you know we are consuming too much of everything: of water, air, fish, meat. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, you know the, the, our model of uh, growth uh, is just not sustainable, mm -hmm. and. Uh, the day we do that, there will be no space for, uh, you know, for for people saying, "Oh no, this is this is crazy." Uh, we can still keep on uh, using the word the way we do. So governments, uh, uh, assuming that the governments are not are, are smart enough not to declare war uh, against one another and escalate into nuclear war, which is always a possibility because those nukes are there. Oh, so yeah. uh, assuming that the governments automatically agree that you know we need to do something about this and we need to col to collective collectively pull the handbrake uh, stop uh, cutting forests stop burning oil and coal and gas uh and you know so we will need to, to convince people that uh, uh some kind of uh, degrowth is uh, our only chance for survival mm -hmm. and uh, in order to do that we will need to use uh, everything Including propaganda, mm. including biases, yeah. you know, including shooting producers of fake news uh, or non-official fake news. Let me put it this way: on site. So it's uh, it could be that uh, the, the the cognitive biases, uh, you know, we will need to use uh, for a good reason: survival of mankind. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I hope I'm not bringing the, the discussion too far. But well, you know, no, it's 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 a fair point, and I think that that's another you know uh, area where large policy is dictated by bias, right? I think one of the big biases you run into with climate change is uh, hyperbolic discounting, right? Where it's really difficult for me to make decisions for future Dave. It's really easy for me to make decisions for present Dave. So if it's like 
dieting, like it's really easy for me to make a decision that I am going to benefit from eating that chocolate cake because it tastes good now versus I'm going to benefit from not eating that chocolate cake four years from now after I've done a lot of working out, right? It's a lot harder yeah. for me to make that decision. And, and climate change is no difference, right? We're going to benefit by changing our behavior in really inconvenient ways 10 years from now, right? Yeah. <laughs> Versus, you know, we'll be all having to learn how to swim if we don't. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we're, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, I mean, and you're taking the discussion to the personal level, which of course is important. But I'm thinking of those politicians, you know, yeah. the people in power. Yeah. You know, the the, the whole system uh, uh, is built in a way that doing something about uh, the climate change issue equals uh, their political death. Mm. <laughs> you know, you know, like uh, you know, the, the, there is no way that uh, a politician that really wants to do the most about climate change is going to get reelected. So uh, there, there will be there will need to be a different mechanism, you know, that uh, puts uh, people that can do something about the problem in power. And uh, I wonder if democracy can get us there. <laughs> you know, maybe not. Well, you it's know, interesting, it's, uh, too, right? Because I yeah. wonder I'm curious. I know in the States and in, in some other countries, this is also becoming a generational issue. Right. So you have. Uh, Greta Thunberg, and you have, you know, folks in the States, the younger generation seems to be much more on board with believing that climate change is a thing and it's something we need to do something about than necessarily the older generations. It's just that the older generations are the ones who are in power. I don't know if that's, if you're seeing that play out in Italy as well, that you have younger generations who are behaving a little differently when it comes to politics than kind of the older generations. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, actually, the, the the fact that the general population is older is a major issue in Italy. Mm. So the, I think that the average Italian is like 48 years old. Oh, wow. So, yeah, wow. It's, uh, it's, uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, the, this is a problem that fits upon, upon itself because the, the, the old people vote and uh, they're not going to vote to give more power to the young people. Sure. They are voting to keep, to, to keep more power in their hands which uh, is already resulting in a lot of people leaving the country, a mm. lot, lot of young people leaving the countries because they can get uh, a, lot, a lot more bang for their bucks, you know, in a way, by moving abroad and using their education uh, in places like uh, Germany, France, uh, UK, and uh, Spain. Mm. So, and, of course, those who can uh, go to other places, like myself, I'm here in the U.S. Sure, so. sure. What, um, so it's a yeah, big deal. Yeah. I was going to say, what are kind of what do you think the future holds for uh, populism in Italy? Um, so <laughs> this is an interesting question. You know, sometimes I think that uh, uh, I mean it, it's really a, a Darwin thing. So uh, the the uh, the bodies of animals and the people change to uh, to accommodate uh, changing environment uh, situations. And uh, why should populism be different? So if uh, the current generation is the victim of biases and populism, it's totally possible that the younger generation develops some kind of built-in uh, uh, understanding of biases, and they will be able to recognize, they will be able to call bullshit <laughs> when they see fake news much more easily than the current generation does. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, it's uh, the, there are... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there are two, two words in Italian that uh, are very hard to, to, to translate uh, 
in English. Mm-hmm. One is bo, which means uh, I don't know and I doubt that anyone da- does. And uh, I doubt that, uh, in fact, the, the knowledge of the truth is even achievable. Mm. You know, and it's just boo. You know, someone asks you a question, it's a boo. It's like, <laughs> really, <laughs> really. You know, I don't know, but, you know, it's, uh, you, you, it's really a philosophical thing, even if it's just one word. Right. A- and the other word is, uh, which is also pretty short, uh, unusual for Italian, but that, that's the way it is, <laughs> is it, it's ma. And, you know, if someone comes to you and say, oh, look, this thing really rocks. It's going to rock our world. It's going to change everything. You know, your average Italian will go, ma, which, uh, which really means, uh, 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 you know, I don't know, uh, I don't know how you can be so, how you can be so, 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 so sure that this thing is going to play out this way. But, you know, don't count on me. I've been burned enough times yeah. that uh, I prefer to play safe and I don't want to go there, right? So you go like, oh, uh, this party won the elections. Finally, they're going to change things in this country. And you go, ma, <laughs> <laughs> which, really, which really means, uh, you know, th- there are 2,000 years of distrust uh, yeah. <laughs> towards the powers that be in that single syllable. <laughs> so it's, uh, and I think that, uh, you know, populism will be will be the same, you know, yeah, the, 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 there will be more populism, but it will not be as effective as it was before because people have developed a natural defense to it. Yeah, so. that's, that's really interesting. And, and those words, by the way, I think we could, we could use them in English because I think there are plenty of <laughs> things we should be re- reacting to that way more often. <laughs> I think in America... Yeah, we, but they're so un-American in a yeah, way. <laughs> I was going to say, like in America, we like to think that we know everything, so we would never say oh, I don't know, and I don't think anyone will ever know. Like, we're not comfortable with that. <laughs> but I think we should be, because it's a much more realistic answer for most things. <laughs> but, you know, America is, uh, is, so, is so different from Europe. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it in a negative way. Sure. I mean, I, I'm not saying either in a negative nor in a positive way. Right. I mean, I'm really taking a step back and looking at it as a, you know, as a scientist, uh, sort of. Mm-hmm. You know, in, uh, in Europe, uh, there is more respect for being negative. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there is this, un- this understanding that you cannot be high all the time. So, so sometimes you need to be, to be down, a little bit depressed, because uh, that's a way to gain some psychological energy to come back and say, okay, now I can really enjoy life mm. because, uh, because uh, you know, the, the, I recharge my, my psychological battery, so to speak. Uh, in the U.S., it doesn't work that way. You know, if uh, I remember the, the first year I was in the U.S., uh, I walk into Starbucks uh, and the guy says, how are you doing? And I say, okay, which in Europe would mean, okay, so I'm okay. <laughs> That's more than enough, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't say I'm bad. I said, okay. And the guy goes like, oh, what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> because you have to say, great. Right. <laughs> and I, I try to explain this to my wife. My, my wife, uh, well, she's also Italian now, but she's uh, from Russia originally. Mm. And uh, she has this tendency. She, she doesn't smile much. So now and again, I make fun of her. You know, maybe we're walking in the street. I say, oh, look, there is a cop. Smile. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> you think that something is wrong. And, you know, if you're in the U.S., you're supposed to be smiling and yeah. happy at all times, uh, which is good it, there is a lot of good things that come with it because i hate it when people are you know they have a grudge and and they're silent they look unhappy but sometimes i also think that it's really miserable if you are not happy but your culture forces you to smile and saying that everything is great yeah so <laughs> you know i don't know i know I, i'm not pointing fingers against anyone well, no, pros and cons like everything in life yeah and I, and I think you're right i mean i think there's a relentless optimism in america right that and and this just focus on progress right and i think it you know our 
version of capitalism very much embraces that, like you were saying before about endless growth, right? And there's, mm -hmm. there's, there's definitely a through line between this notion of endless growth and like constant optimism. Um, but, I, but I am curious like how certain, you know, policies and ways of approaching things like public education, for example, work much better in Europe because there's just fundamentally different cultural assumptions than you have, you know, here in the States. And I think, you know, I th I th that's always been interesting to me. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's really hard. Uh, what what, uh, what comes easy to me is not saying uh, who is right and who is wrong, mm -hmm. but what comes a lot easier to me is uh, waiting for someone uh, uh, who says what is right and what is wrong and then playing devil's advocate. Mm -hmm. That really comes easy to me mm -hmm. because uh, I have more doubts than I have answers. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Luca, it's been fantastic uh, talking to you. Thank you for giving us some insight into some uh, Italian politics that we might not have uh, easily understood. Um, I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for your awesome podcast. Oh, my pleasure. Um, and you have a great day. You too. And for the uh, Cognitive Bias Podcast, I'm your host, David Dillon Thomas, and we will see you next time. <laughs>